Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining the Nine Point Podcast. My name is Timothy, and um, my best friends call me BH, and I want to thank you for joining this family podcast. We at the Nine Point Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God and is read as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. See, our family podcast, we've been doing this for a little bit over a year. Actually, I don't feel like adding it up, but it's been over a year. And what inspired us to do this is because we really believe that um, those 12 principles, uh, those 12 points, well, I'm sorry, those nine points, are really important and can help help us to help us to be better individuals. And um, if we try to incorporate those nine principles into our hearts and be the best that we can each day, then we can uh, in, put ourselves in a position to be good instruments of sharing God's love with our families. And if we can share God's love with our family consistently, get out of God's way and um, and also, you know, be willing facilitators of his love, of his spirit on a regular basis through trials and tribulations, through success and failure. Uh, we believe that we can make a positive change in this world. So thank you for being a part of today's show. I want to let you know that today's show is going to have two primary segments, and I don't know I, I don't know if I'm going to put the third little part at the end or not. Um, the first segment, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to call that first segment, Are You a Joseph or a, uh, Are You a Joseph or a Pharaoh? I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 10. Verses 1 through 20. And then I'm going to share share some of my thoughts that popped in my mind after I read it earlier today. And then the second segment, we're going to talk about um, 
about soft parenting. And the reason that topic came up is because something happened this week. I was hanging out with my son and, um, and he made a comment. He made a comment and we had a nice little conversation for a few minutes. And I was like, Hey, would you be ready to talk? Like, you know, pick this conversation up during the podcast. And he said, yeah. So he was just, um, he had some, had some genuine and strong opinions about certain things. And so Z time is going to be me and my son, my oldest son um, talking about soft parenting. Um, And then the third one is not really related to our podcast, but the third little segment might be maybe one minute just for me to just share some information with you guys about certain about something else that's unrelated to this podcast. But anyway, let me go ahead and read Exodus chapter 10 verses 1 through 20. What I'm reading from right now is the New King James Version of the Bible. <clears throat> and chapter 10 verses 1 through 20. Now the Lord said to Moses, "Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants." that I may show these signs of mine before him and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son, the mighty things I have done in Egypt and my signs, which I have done among them that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me or else if you refuse to let my people go behold tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth and they shall eat the residue of what is left which remains to you from the hail and they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. They shall fill your houses, the houses of all your servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your father's fathers have seen since the day that they were out, since the day that they were on earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servant said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh and he said to them, go serve the Lord, your God. Who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, The Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt. And eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind on the land 
all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts, and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Previously, there has been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. So there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants of the field throughout the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. So he went out from Pharaoh and entered the Lord and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go. So when I read that this morning, I read it and I wrote some notes, wrote some commentary. I'm going to share some of some of the thoughts that I had after I read that. Um, I'm thinking about the theme of this particular passage applying outside of the context of Pharaoh and the Israelites. I remember when I was a child and I got caught doing something that I wasn't supposed to do. I would advocate for mercy every single time. As a child, my only real form of advocating for myself was to plead for mercy and promise that I would do better if they gave me another chance. A lot of the time I would get away with the warning. My parents or whoever would allow me the opportunity to prove myself. They would withhold the agreed upon consequences for my behavior and create a backdrop for me to go out and prove to them that I was a man of my word. I was sincere whenever I made those appeals for mercy. I recall a handful of times when I kept my promise and turned over a whole new leaf. Unfortunately, however, I recall several other times when I would go out and make the same or similar mistake and find my neck on the chopping block again. I was a kid doing kid things. I wasn't out doing adult things like robbing and stealing and vandalizing property or bullying people who were weaker than me or doing drugs or other serious kind of behaviors like that. Therefore, when I was asking for mercy, there was nothing that I was doing that put money in my pocket or brought me physiological pleasure or made me feel like a big man that I particularly wanted to go back and keep on doing it. The problem is that I just did not have enough sense, enough courage or both to replace the little bad things that I did that kept leading up to the big bad thing that I was ultimately getting punished for. This situation with Pharaoh was a little different. Pharaoh had financial incentive to resist what God was telling him to do. On top of that, Pharaoh had his image to consider. Pharaoh did not want to face his people with a newly gutted economy because the free labor was leaving 
and have to admit that he was doing it because Moses was stronger than him. Pharaoh felt like a big man and he was desperate to maintain his public persona. Pharaoh and his family benefited greatly from the fear and servitude of a nation that could not demand more from them. In spite of the great power that Pharaoh had, he lacked the humility and courage to step up and do the right thing. Now, we all know that God made an example out of Pharaoh. The gospel is clear that God intended to harden Pharaoh's heart and make an example out of him. Maybe that example that God made out of Pharaoh was not only for the benefit of the Israelites of that time. Maybe this tremendously popular narrative was etched in scripture and shared all over the world for a bigger purpose than that. Maybe the lessons of Pharaoh were intended for every nation, every leader, and every household after that. Never forget, the gospel explains that the Israelites were made slaves after a particular Pharaoh decided to renege on the promise that was made to Joseph. The Israelites were abiding by the agreement and thriving for generations in Goshen. The Bible is crystal clear that Pharaoh and by extension all of Egypt were not struggling because of what the Israelites were doing. It wasn't because what the Israelites was doing to them. But regardless of this fact, however, Pharaoh did what conquerors frequently do. He forced people to promise compliance to his will and simultaneously broke promises that he did not want to keep. When it comes to your family, do you want to live with the humility and courage necessary to give them your absolute best? Do you have the intellectual and moral capacity to search your heart? When the pressure is on your back to find out what the right thing to do in that situation happens to be. When adversity hits you like a stinging jab, are you going to be a Joseph or a Pharaoh? See, Joseph endured the bad intentions and horrible betrayal of his brothers. In fact, Joseph endured several betrayals until God revealed the good that he would do through him. Are you willing to do that for your family? Back up. Actually, back up. Are you willing to do that for yourself? You may not be left for dead, sold into slavery, wrongfully imprisoned, forgotten about and left for dead again, like Joseph did. For the record, I hope that none of us are asked to foot that kind of bill. However, sacrifices and forgiveness are fairly common components for people in leadership positions. The best leaders have empathy, faith, and humility. Pharaoh lacked Humility, 
joy, courage, selflessness, patience, gentleness, goodness. Do any of those concepts sound familiar? The gospel spells it out quite literally. God chose to make an example out of Pharaoh as he delivered his people from from Pharaoh's power. What kind of example do you think God will make out of you and me if we know better yet deal with adversity as Pharaoh did instead of like Joseph did? And that's the end of the the comments that I had wrote about that. And it's it's true. It's absolutely true that if I have some kind of power or some kind of influence and I'm hit with adversity, there are several different ways to respond. The Bible said what Pharaoh did and the Bible said that God made an example out of him. Pharaoh hardened his heart because the language that he most appealed that most appealed to him was power, wealth, and death. God ended up talking to him in all of those ways. He talked to him about power. You don't have it, Pharaoh. He talked to him about wealth. He took his wealth from his slave labor. He talked to Pharaoh with death by taking the firstborn, which comes later on. It wasn't in those verses that I was telling you that comes later on. That's actually the 10th plague. You and I have the benefit of being able to read the old and the new Testament. You and I have the benefit of being able to go on the internet and type up certain things that we might have a question about and see what does the Bible say about this or that? And it'll point you right to it. We have the benefit of knowing that if we have the opportunity to make a tough and uncomfortable sacrifice for the sake of righteousness, we know what could happen if we choose not to. If we choose to say it's somebody else's fault or somebody else's responsibility, if we choose to say, um, might make some right, or you got to break a couple of eggs to make an omelet, or any kind of explanation other than obeying what God brings to your doorstep, or whatever God brings to my doorstep. God has a way of making the truth register no matter how much I want to deny it or spin it in a way that suits me. Pharaoh ended up accepting the truth. And I don't want to give, you know, I know most of you have probably read the Bible and most of you are probably pretty familiar with uh, Moses and Pharaoh and actually Moses and Aaron and Pharaoh and, um, and some of the things that happened before Pharaoh ultimately, ultimately yielded in his heart. But in my home, I need to be more like Joseph because I'm going to catch stinging jabs. I'm going to catch stinging jabs. 
I'm going to try to rest and I'm going to be have the world pulled out from under my my behind. Joseph ended up using sharing what God shared with him and he was greatly blessed and he blessed his entire family after many, many, many long years. Long years cut off from everybody that he knew. Yet God reached out through him and blessed him and everybody that he cared about. And after God blessed him, and even after his father passed away, Joseph did not act in revenge. He didn't act out for vengeance. He was glad to have been a part of God's plan. He was glad to have been in a position to do good things and to see the good things that God was able to do through him. And he did not dwell on those things that were true, but not productive for his life. That's what I need to do for my family. That's what I would say to you, what the kind of mentality that you should have when you're catching those stinging jabs. Because it's going to sting, it's going to smart, and you're going to have enough power to retaliate. But what is going to be your playbook? Are you going to retaliate with the fruit of the spirit or are you going to retaliate with the mentality of a conqueror? You can't say you don't know any better if you sat here for 20 minutes and listened to this little, you know, this little spiel from me and you got a Bible in front of you. Just something to think about. Thank you for sharing with me and be a little break and then next to BZ time. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chasing rod, felt in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers died. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Outweigh our gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. All right, welcome back to the Nine Points Podcast, and we would like to welcome you to Z Time. Uh, I am Timothy, and I am flanked by King and and we are going to talk to you guys about, well, we're going to talk about being soft. Um, you know what we what I just talked about in the first segment. Um, so my sons don't know that I'm going to bring a little bit of that into this conversation. But 
to just give you a little a little history, uh, I went with King a couple of days ago, and I'm not going to mention the names. We're not going to say the names, okay? Uh, but we went somewhere. Uh, we went to a fast food place, and let's and we weren't very pleased with the service. Would that be accurate? That would be completely accurate. Okay. We were not pleased with the service that we received. And um, one of the things that sealed it for me was um, there was something was on was on sale and I had asked for it. And um, and then when they told me the told me the price, I was like, wait a minute. But the sale says this and that. And I did not like the person's response when I reminded them of the advertisement for the sale that they had. They said something that they said something that I just did not like. They said something that I found a little bit on the offensive side. And then when I expressed that I wanted the sale price, there was a pause. So I'm the type of person. Usually if somebody's making my food, I'm not going to complain. That's just the first thing. But if I'm in a situation where I have to speak up, then the way that they respond to my criticism is going to be very important in terms of how I deal with subsequent food. So um, after this person, after this person didn't respond to my, um, you know, to my comment, I decided, well, I don't think I'm going to eat this. Because even if they change the price, I don't know how they're going to make my food. So we just decided to move on. Okay. So, son, what were, I, I, when we were pulling off, I, I looked at my son and I was like, you know, am I wrong? You know, am, am I wrong for leaving? I mean, I feel like if we stay, something bad could happen to our food and I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. What were you saying, son? You did the right thing, and I stand by your decision, Father. And and um, and I said something to the effect it was like, I can't. I mean, I can't understand why somebody would come at me like that. I'm sitting here; the service isn't good, um, and I'm willing to endure that. And and they got smart with me. To which you said what? The problem with today's society is that there isn't enough spankings being given. And I feel like, well, not going to get into too much detail, that, but parenting, I think it's gotten a little softer nowadays. <coughs> so, and then I talked to him a little bit more and I was like, so you think that part of this person's attitude might have to do with the way that they were raised and you feel like if they if they had people that were that actually late physically put some spanking on their their behinds then they would not carry themselves like that in public they wouldn't carry themselves like that at work or what i don't know about that that person Whenever if it was a bad experience, hormones, or just something different altogether, I I don't know. But quite frankly, 
I gave advice to BH to not go to that stop again, ever. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Twin, um, given given what we just shared, do you think that we handled that situation appropriately? Yes. Now, if I was in that situation, I probably would have snapped, depending on what they said. But, yeah, you should not have taken the food or even paid them. If they were doing that, they had an attitude. They're like, okay, bye. Not coming back here again. And what about what about King's part about saying, well, the reason that people are can be so <coughs> dismissive and nasty and smart aleck is because parents have got soft and uh, they let kids talk to them a certain way without getting their butts whooped all the time. Or get without getting your butt whooped when they talk to people like that. What do you think about that? One hundred percent true. We see it too often where parents give their kids what they want and then we see their kids on Dr. Phil or something and they're just acting entitled and spoiled and they don't get um, any sort of punishment whatsoever and they've not gotten any discipline so the kid just runs over their parents even if the parent tries. I mean, they were raised to not care about any sort of disciplinary action. So that's why... It's definitely a parenting issue. And I feel like society as a whole has gotten too soft. Like one spanking instantly called child abuse. I don't condone child abuse at all. Like child abuse is terrible, but I feel like a disciplinary spanking or, you know, some sort of physical punishment. If it's um, disciplinary, it's not abuse. Abuse would be something like kicking your child beating them up, something like that. But the fact that just society wants to say, oh, he just got spanked one time or he just got spanked for robbing. (laughs) This is just hypothetical, but he just got spanked for robbing a jeweler. He needs to go to jail for going for abusing his child. Like that's a spanking is disciplinary majority of the time. No, all the time spankings are disciplinary. And society needs to stop saying stuff like spankings are abuse because it's not. Yeah, pretty much. I couldn't have said any better than he did. I I think my generation didn't have the best parenting, but I sure hope the next gen. I think the next generation will have it worse. No criticism intended, but yeah. If this just keeps carrying on, then the next generation of parenting will be even more softer than the last. It's it's kind of sad, actually. And I will say that um, I feel like um, punishments back then, they were a bit harsh. Smacking people with a curtain rod, get, getting a switch... <laughs> Hitting them with all sorts of things. Like a spanking with the belt, that's fine. But beating your child with the curtain rod or beating them with your fist, I that's not okay in my opinion. But a spanking is not abuse. And parents need to know that spanking your child is okay if they do something wrong. And you shouldn't feel like pressured that, oh, you're going to be in trouble 
if you spank your child because they did wrong. Because I've done a lot of wrong things where I deserved a spanking. And a lot of the times when I deserved a spanking, I got one because I deserved it. But now that I'm a bit older, spankings isn't really... I feel like spankings are mostly um better for children who haven't like um developed like attachments to any sort of screens. <laughs> because um once you start um once your kid gets a screen or like a phone and gets Instagram and stuff, they're gonna be attached to their screen. And it would be better to just take that away. It would be more effective than spanking them. And as I've gotten older I mean, spankings, they definitely hurt, but I wouldn't, if I had to get spanked, I wouldn't be terrified like I used to be, because, I mean, it's a spanking at the end of the day, and it's disciplinary. I feel like overindulgence is more bad, more abusive than spanking your child, because spoiling your children with thousands of dollars in allowance, totally not taking this from a Dr. Phil episode, but thousands of dollars for their allowance then they get their allowance cut a bit and then they just rage like overindulgence is should also be considered as abuse if a spanking is considered abuse they should also include overindulgence as that because a kid not knowing any sort of discipline and just getting whatever they want when they want is just and then they have extremely high expectations this girl on Dr. Phil literally wanted a G Wagon. Let's not let's not talk about uh, yeah, let's not talk about other people by name. I didn't say by name. You said a show. Yeah, a show. Okay. Um Well let me let me say this. Let me let me jump in here real quick. Um I was just every time one one of my sons would want to say something, the other one I could tell they wanted to say something, so I would give them give them the microphone before I jumped in. But just for the record. Uh, twin, have I spanked you? Yes. King, have I spanked you? Definitely, but I've gotten used to the pain, and well, over those over those courses of times when I did get spanked, like when I got spanked before, I used to ball. Sometimes before before they even came in with a belt, and I just got used to it afterwards. It would take several licks before, you know, that happened. But, you know, that's that's behind me now. I'd say I'm too mature for spankings. There's other forms of punishment that work just fine for me, like taking away my screen. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask my sons to put that out there because I'm not going to try to lie or pretend. Um, I have spanked my kids before. Um, and I agree with my kids, with my sons that say that there is a difference between spanking and abuse. A person can be abused without putting without touching them. Yet spanking can often cross that line for to abuse. I have a, I have a particular job. I'm in the mental health field. Nobody comes to me to figure out how to spank their kids. Nobody spends money to sit down in front of me um, and talk family systems and try to figure out the best way to spank a kid or or put 
lay hands on somebody without leaving a mark. So as a parent that grew up with old school parents and brought some of their old school um, sentiments into my family, I will say this. You don't you're not soft if you don't spank your kids. What people <clears throat> what I what people don't understand sometimes is that physical punishment is not usually as effective as other types of consequences, first of all. And there's a lot of research that bears that out. But given that, you know, a little while ago um, I was reading, you know, going back through the passage about Moses and Pharaoh, a lot of parents to this day, historically and to this day, carry on as if a belt or a switch or whatever they have is is has some kind of magical properties like Moses's staff. Like when Moses took his staff or he took Aaron's staff and threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake. Um, parents seem to think some parents, sadly, seem to think that that with whatever they're using to spank their kids, that it's just going to magically impart wisdom onto them while they're while they while you have their attention and they're screaming in pain that this paddle or this uh, switch or uh, this belt is magically going to teach them what you as a parent couldn't teach them all the all those days up until that moment. So the truth is, I mean, I'll say the truth, in my opinion, given that I have come up the from butt whoopings and I have um, have spanked my kids, but I also never. Um, talk to people that are trying to work through things with their kids. I never tell them to spank their kids. So I do something in my home that I would not advise other people to do. And the reason I wouldn't advise other people to do it, not only because um, they don't, they don't come from the culture that I came from. Nobody knows the parents that I had um, and nobody knows the wife that I have. So our culture, I'm not talking about um, black people versus white people or poor people versus rich people. I'm seeing nobody understands when and why I would spank my kids. But I assume when I'm talking to somebody about problem solving in the family system, I'm not going to go physical <clears throat> and I'm not going to suggest that they go physical because a physical punishment does not translate to God. A physical punishment does not turn into um, God getting giving Moses the Ten Commandments. Um, a spanking does not impart wisdom and lessons to a person. Uh, sometimes people think, well, you beat them, you beat them good enough, they'll get the lesson. Well, just th just think about the language there. You beat them well enough, you beat the hell out of them. Okay, you just you just think of the language there. And you tell me, do you think, do you, do you hear God in that at all? Do you hear God's spirit in that at all? And you ask, and you ask yourself this question. Do you think that if God had a choice, had equal choices to, to discipline you with love or to discipline you with pain, which one would God discipline you with? So I say all that to say that 
what is soft is when you know what you shouldn't do and you do it anyway. That's soft, in my opinion. Now, if you have willful children like I was, like my children can be sometimes, if you have willful children, you might find yourself in a situation where you don't quite know what you ought to do. You might be completely um, off guard and not know the best way to reach them. I, I would suggest a if it's if your child or your spouse is engaging in behaviors that are very disruptive, very hurtful, um, very dangerous. I would suggest getting some professional help from somebody other than family. Um, that's the first thing. But if it's if it's just genuine general types of stuff that all parents and children go through, I would encourage you to fight with the humility and the courage that God puts on your heart and describes for you in his word. He will give you the words to say when you are in a place where he needs to be represented. But we have to have the courage to put him first in front of what I always had or what worked for me. We have to have courage. And both of my sons are in here. And I'm sure that both of them have had time. There's been times where I have showed grace and patience when my fight or flight instinct has been kicked in. And I wanted to show other than patience. And by doing that, it creates an opportunity for them to learn some things and understand some things about power, understand things about authority and to self-correct on their own and not in a way where they feel ashamed of being being punked or being pummeled um, by their, you know, by their father or their mother. I don't believe in punking my kids. And that does not make me soft. So that's that's my little two cents worth. But this was a conversation I thought would be definitely something we should have on this family program. And when my and when twin said that he would he would be ready to join in on this conversation, I knew we would have a good conversation because it's three voices instead of just two. So uh, anything else, anything that you guys would like to add? If I ever spanked my child, if I ever have a child, of course, it would it would just be for discipline reasons. And and, you know, they're probably going to get a screen at a much earlier age than me. So I'd probably just take it away or even smash it if it got to that ex if it got to that extent. <laughs> hey, my childhood it wasn't mostly built up on the internet, so I know what it's like to have a to experience a life without these devices. Well, not internet, but still, you guys get what I mean. This world needs respect. This world needs to put God first, because if they did, then then we wouldn't be living in this in this type of society. You got something to add, twin? Everyone needs discipline. 
Spanking doesn't work for everyone. Taking screens doesn't work for everyone. If if you're a parent, you need to decide what you think is best for discipline, but you can't just let your child run over you or spoil them (laughs) because, again, I feel like overindulgence, that is a form of abuse. It's not touching them, but you're spoiling them and you're not giving them a chance to learn anything about the real world. Like, yeah, that's... I'm just going to give a few examples. One example, um, say your child has been raised, no discipline. They've been getting everything they wanted. Um, and then for their 16th birthday, because you know that's when people are able to get cars, they ask for a Lamborghini because they feel like their expectations are extremely high because their parents have given them everything that they wanted. And then... And then once, um, let's say they get still a really good car, like instead of a Lamborghini, let's say an Art an Audi R8 or something like that, still a really good car, but not a Lamborghini. Kid, kids who have been overindulged throughout their childhood, they would have a throw a temper tantrum if they didn't get what they wanted. Or let's say a kid wanted an iPhone 12 Pro Max a white iPhone 12 Pro Max, but their parents get them a blue one instead, they will throw a tantrum because they are used to getting what they want always. And they, that's what I mean. I feel like overindulgence is just a form of abuse. It's not physical. And it's not like, it just doesn't teach your child the right things. It doesn't teach your child anything, actually. It'll just make them spoiled And then they'll probably end up in jail if they leave the house because not leave the house. But, you know, once they move out and stuff, because once, let's say, their parents aren't around anymore and then they just want to get whatever they want because they've been used to getting whatever they want. And let's say someone who lives in their neighborhood has like a PS5 and they don't have one. They might rob them because they want the PS5 because they're used to getting whatever they want then they're going to end up in jail for a long period of time because they robbed somebody. So that's what I mean by overindulgence is a, is a form of abuse. It's not, I feel like I'm a broken record, but it's not just physical abuse. It's, you have to discipline your child. You can't just let them run over you. You can't spoil them. And again, physical abuse, not (laughs) spankings don't work for everyone. Taking something doesn't work for everyone. Just you have to experiment yourself with that kind of stuff. Because I'm not a parent and I don't know anything about parenting. But that's how I feel. Well said, sons. I'm feeling really good. Um. There's a lot that's going on in our family, in our immediate family, in our extended family for the last few days. And I didn't know for sure that we'd be able to do this together, but I'm very glad that we did. So uh, this has been the Nine Point Podcast for this week. We thank you very much for joining. Twin, do you remember the, the uh, what we say at the end? All right. This one will be for baby boy. Money is to be spent.
but wealth is to be treasured. Wait, no, oh, no, no. Money is to be spent, but um, treasure is meant to be shared. That's my son. That's my son. Thanks, King. No problem. Thanks, twin. Hey, hope to talk to you guys again soon. God bless. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has by Thy might led us into the light, Keep us forever in the path we break. Lest our feet stray from the places our God where we met thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. Hey, thank you again for joining our family podcast. Um, and I thank you again personally for uh, listening to the both segments and then hanging on and being willing to listen to this third part that had nothing to do with the broadcast. Um, this third part, I just wanted to put in a, Put in a little plug for a new book that I that I uh, that I wrote and recently had published and put out in ebook form as well as paperback. The book is called Lord's Shelter, and it chronicles the journey of a Christian family on a very unique Christmas day. The vast majority of all the names of the people in this book are people from my family that have passed away. I, in no shape or form is this about their lives. The characters in this book are not based off of their lives, um, but I wanted to use their names um, out of respect for them, out of, um, to give honor to them, my way of saying that I love you. And I love those uh, people that still love them and miss them like I do. And some people that have closer relationships for those people that have passed away than I did. It was my way of honoring them. Um, but it's a, it's a fiction. It's a fiction novel. And again, it's called Lord Shelter. And if you would be so inclined to check it out um, uh, and buy it, I'd really love it. If you checked it out and, um, would consider it. Um, that's good enough for me. But if you bought it, I'd really, really be thankful. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Book Baby. You can find it on Barnes and Nobles. Anywhere on the end, basically several places on the internet. And also, you can order ebook or you can order it in paperback. So please uh, consider check, checking it out. Thank you again for um, joining our family podcast being a part of this show and i hope that you'll return remember wealth is to be spent but treasure is to be shared god bless you